right. I am now joined uh, by Nando Vila, uh, Wozni, Big Woz Lombre, and of course our token Italian, uh, Mike Racine, uh, to talk about another episode of The Sopranos. This is uh, during our very slow crawl through the show. This is uh, season one, episode <laughs> two, 46 long. Hell yeah. We're, we'll, we'll make it eventually through the end. <laughs> it's funny watching one episode a month you're like i guess i'm gonna rewatch sopranos over the course of 30 years or whatever it's gonna be. <laughs> six years uh yeah, yeah about that right since there was actually yeah what is it like there are six so one of the seasons yeah. is a and a b right we're all gonna look drastically different by the time this is over yeah <laughs> Fair Hopefully enough. Look, we're going to age like J- AJ. Like I'm just going to become like really fat. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, AJ is actually less fat in uh, in this episode than, than he was in number one. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah, that was one. You know, one of the. I mean, they made a few little changes. You know, that was back when you can tell a child actor to lose weight. It wasn't illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now everything's so damn PC. Do, do we know that that's what happened, or did he just get taller no. or something? I, maybe yeah, there must have been like a long time. Yeah, yeah, there must have been a long time before between the pilot. I mean, Tony talks completely different. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah. There was like definitely a lot of time between the pilot and the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and you know, and whatever. I think they retooled some things. It's possible they did tell him to lose some weight, or it's possible they just like for whatever reason they wanted the character to be like they thought they wanted him to be really fat, and so then like they just so they just put a pillow in there or something. They decided not to. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but uh, as we uh, as we start this one up, um, Tony is uh, is coming downstairs in a sort of typical way. You know, the rest of the family is up. He's still in his bathrobe. Uh, and, um, and AJ is talking about how the science teacher's car was stolen. But wait, before there's the opening scene is amazing. The opening scene is them just hanging out, watching right. the, the, the mob guys hanging out, watching the news report of like the end of the mob, like some, uh, w- like some wise guy, like turned, um, and wrote a book or something. And he's, t- and he's like being interviewed, like on a Charlie Rose type show. And it's, it's like just a hilarious scene because like, they're all watching it. And they all have like their own little pet thing that they want to talk about, and none of them are like talking to each other. Like Pussy's obsessed with like cloning. Like it's like when the, the when they clone that sheep for the first time, and that's like all he wants to talk about. Chris has like something about like Mexicans, and it's like unclear what he's talking about, you know. And then Polly like makes fun of Chris in some way, and he like re- repeats it to Silvio to make sure that he heard the joke that he did. It's just like yeah, an amazing. He, he the, the Polly thing, I think you see a few times over the course of the series, where it's like, yeah, hey, Sil, did you hear I said, you know, and then yeah, he, and he just repeats like, the entire <laughs> joke. <laughs> and and none of them, even though you can tell they were all paying attention to it none of them actually address what's being said on the tv right which i think is is very telling it's it's like they don't want to talk about it because they know it's true like set up there is 100 the truth yeah Yeah. so they're 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 saying like there's some like ex-mob guy turned informant turned best-selling author who's being interviewed who's talking about how 
besides all the federal enforcement, one of the reasons that organized crime has been declining is because people don't uh, honor, you know, the code and, you know, and, right. and the rules. They, yeah. 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 They're breaking the rules because everybody's so afraid of the mandatory drug minimums, you know, that they're, that they're ratting on each other and that they're not really respecting the, you know, the rules that work for the elders. And Tony is the only person, um, like Wiles was saying, who's, uh, who's reacting to it at all. Right. You know, he's, he's like, you know, yeah. sort of muttering ass ah, shit. That's true. Right. You know, like everybody yeah. else around him just wants to talk about anything but that. Right. No, it's, it's like a, it's a quintessential kind of soprano scene and just that it's like, you know, it's just dudes hanging out. Um, it's, uh, it's got like uh, miscommunications, you know, like uh, uh, pussy's talking about the cloning thing and Chris misunderstands him and starts talking about something else. And Pussy's like, no, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the fucking sheep. Like, what are you talking about, Mexicans? You know, like they, there's just like miscommunications, um, and 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 then there's Silvio doing his uh, his Al Pacino impression, and everyone thinks it's like the best thing ever. Uh, <laughs> it's just like your classic. <laughs> it's your classic soprano scene, really. Yeah, it's, and it's it's barely an impression. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah it's really, just saying the. Yeah. Line. No, it's just him. Yeah. Saying the line, yeah, mm -hmm. and Paulie's like, "Uh, oh, spitting image of Al Pacino, this guy." <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of it, when um, when the dudes like, you know, the the drug laws are crazy. Uh, obviously, Rico, the way they can just tie you into a conspiracy, just they can make anybody a co-conspirator conspirator in a Rico case. It's made it so that. The, the 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 repercussions are so um onerous that dudes are snitching right and that's what held the entire organization together back in the days was that like guys would just go to jail for 15 years and just do the time and come back and whatever like it was a, it was not even a question of whether somebody would talk to the police and then Tony goes, if the shoe fits right. <laughs> it's like it's a bunch of snitches out here man you know, um, I, I just thought that was dope that the way they frame it, like, yeah, these guys know. They know they know the deal. That's why they're avoiding the conversation right. altogether. Right. Right. But and the funny thing is in that scene too, is that they're they're still counting money, right? Like yeah. you see why it is they wouldn't wanna stop, even though they know it's doomed. They're sitting right. at a table full of cash, just counting money. It's it's a really effective scene, man. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I, I guess I messed this up because uh, this is something the Sopranos stopped doing uh, in later cold episodes. Open. They, they did a cold open. So the scene I was starting right. with was the first one after the credit sequence. But since they hadn't right. quite nailed the format of the show yet, uh, you know, we, we didn't get the... Um, yeah, like you know, we, we'd like usually. I'm so used to watching these, and it goes straight from that little uh, screen fuzz HBO screen to uh, to the uh, to the opening credit sequence. Uh, but uh, but after the uh, after the the cold open and the credit sequence, you get the scene at the breakfast table. We find out uh, that AJ's uh, AJ's science teacher had his car stolen, uh, and Tony reacts by asking uh, what grade AJ is getting in that class. <laughs> With, kind of like a D minus. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll I guess I'll look for the car. Yeah. You know, like if you know, well, yeah, uh, maybe AJ can get up to a C minus. Yeah, 
No, it's just funny because like, uh, you know, Carmela's doing the thing. It's like, can you believe this? You know, like they fuck, they stole his car right out of his parking lot, like as if she's not married to like a criminal. You know what I mean? Like it's like, what's what's happening with society these days, where like a science teacher can't even park his car in his in, in our kid's school? It's like, it's like Tony, ask your criminal friend to see if you can find it. You know, like it's just like, a very, like yeah, this is like a very uh, very typical. I'm gonna try to resist the temptation to do what I what I did a bunch of last time, which is refer to shit that happens like three seasons in the future. But, uh, right. the, uh, but this is a very typical Sopranos thing that like any time that like Carmela or even Tony, uh, will talk about crime as if, you know, this, as if they were just like, you know, yeah. Like, middle-class yeah. suburban Americans. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's something that criminals do and not how they are able to put food on the table and pay rent. Um, and right. you know what's funny, it, and it shows Carmela's contradictory nature, and which mm. is why she's, you know, probably my favorite character on the show. Obviously, outside of Tony, is um. And here I thought you were an Uncle June guy. I am Uncle June. I am Uncle June. It's tough because every single because Uncle June basically makes me laugh in every single scene that he's in. Like he makes <laughs> me laugh. Um, but Carmela's character is so beautifully drawn out, right? Like in the same scene. That she asked Tony to get the car back. Uh, but Pussy has a car thing, doesn't he? Blah, 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 blah. And he mentions, oh, I can get you a better grade by getting this car back. She's like, no, I want him to work hard for his yeah. grade. I want him to be a square. And it's like, yo, this is so, yeah, I, so I hypocritical, you know? Get his, uh, his science teacher's car back. But, like, we can't have him, like, get a grade unfairly. Right. 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 Yeah, there's sort of a fantasy about like the mafia using their powers for, for good. good. Like, I had an, <laughs> I had an aunt who was Sicilian, and she had dementia for a long time. But she would start like she would ramble a lot about God and uh, and about the mafia. <laughs> and and one day she was just she, she would just be like, "Yeah, the mafia, they're good people. They ask you, they ask you, anybody bother you at school? They take care of it." And um, <laughs> I think the first time I watched the show, I thought that's what it was like. T like. Tony was going to help the teacher out. I didn't realize, I didn't see the selfish uh, nature of it. Well, I mean, the funny part too is like, I mean, the pay, I mean, I don't, we don't have to reveal it now, but the payoff to this little subplot of the Saturn is just, is just so, it's just so perfect, you know, like it's just that there is no, uh, no good comes of this, you know, like, of, of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mafia can't do good. It could at best do a lateral. A lateral, <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right, right. But, <laughs> that's the best case scenario. Uh, a lateral move in which, like, you're just transferring it to some other person, and no one really gets hurt that bad. But no good comes of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so they do, um, you know, they do find. I mean, at this, this. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, so let's, let's save that. So, uh, then yeah. I think the next thing we see is, um, Christopher and, uh, and his complete Brendan Falone. Yeah. Wanna, you know, want to be gangster friend, Brendan Falone, uh, Jackie in a truck, uh, which, uh, which turns out, uh, to, uh, to belong to uncle junior. So, you know, so it's, it's a big problem. Uh, and, uh, and actually when they're, you know, it's also kind of a funny, seen in a sort of horrible way uh this is um when when mike was on the uh, the main show uh that you know there's this there's a scene that you know in a much later episode that that i admitted to finding funny that i think i was 
from Mike's reaction. Like it's I sort of, man, am I like, am I a sociopath? Should I not find this? Funny? <laughs> and I think this is kind of the same thing a little bit. It was but, nice to be on the other side of that conversation for once. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that I did that. It was like a little bit funny uh, that the the driver of the truck, who's obviously this this totally innocent victim and in all of this, like it's a horrible thing that happens, but uh, th- he makes them beat him up a little bit because because yeah, they tie like, him up, yeah, yeah. Says you know you have to tie me up and I can't be unscathed or else um, right. or else they'll think I was in on it, and and then of course uh, because of you know you know because of whatever's wrong with christopher and brendan as people you know like they beat him up way more than they have to right you know to to have him look scathed you know for for the boss not to fire him to and steal it's... boxes of dvd players <laughs> <laughs> it's like that great scene where like i heard they don't have as many titles as the laser discs you know <laughs> he's like no it's got better sound quality though <laughs> Yeah, that totally makes fun of it. It's great for when I want to listen to Men in Black. So right, right, right. Uh, the actor who is um playing uh Brendan, mm. I've seen yeah. him in one other thing besides the Sopranos. He was in this movie called Beer League. Um, it's like Artie Lang. Um, and I forget this lady's name, but she's she's done a bunch of shit, whatever. Um, and he plays like he doesn't play a criminal, but he plays like an extremely stereotypical northeast italian person and he's been, he's doing a different version of that on the sopranos too which is just it's kind of freaking um just hilarious but i think it's cool yeah. about i think it's cool about this uh this this character and his little plot line is it shows you how one gets it tries to get into the mafia Right, like how yeah. you try to become part of the gang, you sort of start off low level, prove that you are able to come up with money schemes and yeah. contribute to the organization, right? Like he's not like Christopher who's family with guys who are already situated in it. And so therefore he has a ready-made path. Like he's sort of on the peripheral, the outside looking in. And he's trying to get noticed. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like a high school basketball player putting good tape yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's like trying to get a scholarship. It's like an open yeah. micer of the, the mob. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Yeah. He's got to go the extra mile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and it's immediately clear that it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. He doesn't no. have the chops. Like, Tony is just is just viscerally disgusted by him the first time you, you yeah. see them together. Um and you know, part of that, I guess, is 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 Brendan's meth habit. That's what he says. But like, it's it's also, I I think it's also just that like Tony, I think just just personally hates him. Yeah. Uh, so so this, you know, we we do like any sentient viewer knows ten seconds into this that you know that that Brendan does not have a future in the mafia. Uh, but he's he's Christopher's buddy. They jack this truck together uh, to get the uh, to get the DVDs, uh, DVD players, <laughs> and. Um, and then, which are uh, which are a big item because they would they find later. Uh, then Tony goes to a sit down with the acting boss at this point, uh, Jackie Senior, Jackie Priel, uh, and uh, at the sit down, uh, Junior is, is complaining because they you know 
he the truck you know in that mafia sense belonged to him you know that it was uh that you know whoever paid in protection the, yeah yeah exactly right yeah. it's very uh, telling about junior's character that he called a sit down uh, and and they right. there's only like one line that sort of alludes to it but tony's like i, I wish i could work this out with my uncle uh, right. be invited to a sit down which right. tells you a lot about junior's character yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially yeah. it's weird because after the actual sit down part is over, uh, Jackie's made his ruling. Then Junior wants to just like shoot the shit with Tony about family stuff. Right. 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 Yeah. He's like, oh, I heard you put your mother in a, you know, he's got someone, she's, your mother's got someone coming to the house now. Yeah. That's good. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and it's at the end of the, the, the the injury to Junior Soprano is something like fifteen grand, and like that's that's <laughs> right. the, you know that's that's what the, <laughs> that's what they have to meet with the boss for. You know? Oh man! And of course, at the end of the scene, he he says, "Can you believe he lets a smoke watch his mom or whatever right. or whatever?" Right? Like, like oh, the, that's the funny like racist uh, epithet like was like, racism. So hilarious. Yeah, is, is is that a like? I mean, I've I mean, never heard. A, I don't. I don't know smoke. Don't ask don't me. Know. <laughs> okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I was, I was raised right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have no Trinidadian nanny come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, it's, it's one of those things the Sopranos it, are going to deploy a lot of, you know, racial epithets for black people amongst, like in the show, like throughout the history of the show. This probably. The first one, you know, the one that they use the most, of course, is Moulinyan, which yeah. is eggplant. <laughs> which is not even a creative slur, really. <laughs> you know? It's just another thing that's dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you'll get, a, you'll get a lot of those um, throughout the course of The Sopranos. And I think that's something that you see in all um, mob art. You know, uh, uh, just this sort of like, yeah, these dudes are really fucking racist. He called Meadows' yeah. boyfriend a charcoal briquette in another episode. <laughs> I've never even heard that before. <laughs> it's like you're just naming. Mind you, and this dude dark. was biracial and just a yeah, light skinned yeah, yeah. dude. Like, he's, he's not, not even in that. the dark he's dude. Yeah, dark. He's not yeah. In the dark yeah, I remember literally yeah. when that happened, like, like during that sequence when Meadow was dating him, like there's a scene where they're like lying next to each other in bed. It's like, no, he isn't like really that noticeably darker than <laughs> she is. <you> know? yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. And I guess that also says something weird about like the kinds of like social progress that have or haven't happened in the United States, like the last several decades that like, it's like mildly shocking to see, uh, to, to see like murderers, uh, you know, you I wonder know, if the mob you know, guys like, are still, say, like, you know, to the you know, extent that, Say I wonder if the mob guys are oh still God, super racist. That guy who kills people for a living, you know, said that offensive thing. Right. But are, are they still like that? Like, if I wonder if like the mob guys are now like kind of woke, you know, like if there's like a, nah, some wise no guy chance. out there. <laughs> no chance. That's no funny. chance. Like Tony, um, like when he when he when he meets the the nanny, he's like, "Hey, let's get to one thing straight." Like the first thing he says, this like old Trinidadian lady, yeah, he's like super <laughs> duper nice to him. Like when she can, he comes yeah. in, and he's like, "Yeah." No smoking ganja while you're taking care of my mother. <laughs> it's like, also, like as a New Yorker, it feels like a lot of their recruiting base have just become cops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and if you ever interacted with the native white people of New York who are now police officers, um, yeah, I don't think you would be uh, disabused of 
racism right. amongst like the guy um, the guy who was in Epstein's American cell like, like Jackie Tortellini or whatever his name was in in uh in Epstein's cell like the fucking roided out Italian cop uh who like had who was like killed four people for the mob or something oh, the, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. the guy was in Epstein's cell he was a corrupt cop his name is like ja- his name is like Jackie Tortellini or something yeah and he was like literally burying them in his own backyard yeah <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> And yeah. he cellmates with Epstein. Yeah, dude, this is like the whole thing. He was he was Epstein's wow. cellmate when when Epstein first tried to commit suicide, quote unquote. Um, he's just like standing over his this unconscious guy, um, and he's like, I don't know what happened to him. He tried to commit suicide, um, and that's when they moved him. And then like they looked into it, it was like, who is this guy? And he's a cop who is like an Italian guy. Like, look him up. I mean, his name must be like you know Louis Tagliatelli or something. And he's just super roided out, like enormous. And he he's like he's in jail for quadruple homicide. Um, on and when you Google him, him, there's a picture of him with like four pit bulls, <laughs> like he's on his right. deck yeah. with like four <laughs> giant dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Italians have this weird kind of like obsession with race, though. I don't know what it is, but like they're always. I don't know. We're always like thinking like maybe it's because we're like almost white, like we're sort of like the bottom of. Uh, white people i don't know what it is but I, I like i had this uncle and he would go to atlantic city and he would spend a lot of money because my aunt had dementia so he would just sit her in front of us uh, a nickel machine with like 20 dollars worth of nickels and she would just pull the slot machine all day but he would get a lot of free stuff from the room and one time he got a tv and then we went to uh circuit city because the tv needed a remote and so there was a, a guy i think he was probably filipino and he was helping us out and he helped us find a remote and then we're leaving, and my uncle goes, "He was a nice Chinese guy." <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know. They always like bring it up. It's funny. You know. So the funny thing is about that too, Mike. Is um, when I was in high school, my my first ever interactions with white people was in high school. Like I from seven first kindergarten to eighth grade, it was all black people at my school. Maybe a couple of Puerto Ricans, but all black. <laughs> and and not even just all blacks, mostly Caribbean people, people from Trinidad, Jamaica, Haiti, like my parents or whatever, right? Um, and so high school is like sort of this culture shock of being in homeroom and realizing that there's like divisions amongst the white kids, like you know, like just the meanest jokes about Polish people and. Irish people and Italian people and like, you know, what I could gather was that the stereotypes is that Polish people are stupid. Um, (laughs) Irish people are drunks and Italian people are kind of black. That's that's basically (laughs) the diss. That's the that's the that's the like sort of. When and then, are and then we're like, how dare you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you watch like True Romance and that. Harmful thinking about that scene, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I watched it play out in, like in, in high school where I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, you know, Chris Rock tells the old joke about like, you know, I can't fuck with Farrakhan because he hates Jews. And he's like, my grandfather never made any distinguished, he never distinguished between white people. It was just like, you Romanian cracker? <laughs> like, you're yeah. like, no, you're all crackers, right? Like, that was sort of my conception until high school, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Fair all enough. I, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there's a lot of Livia stuff in this episode uh, that she 
Uh, she, of course, immediately hates the uh, Trinidadian woman who who's been brought in to uh, to help her out. Uh, who who we should say is is only brought in uh, because she um, she has um, she like lights it. Uh, she's cooking and uh, and there's a there's a there's a grease fire like while she's talking to Tony. Although I think that only happens because she's peering through the window, like being suspicious about the male delivery woman across the street, uh, which is a black woman. male delivery woman. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, say, yeah. Same thing. Right. You know, what's she, you know, cause yeah. like, the male is like putting like leaning down to like stick a package in the door. She's like, what she's up to. And then, you know, and then, <laughs> uh, then there's this, uh, there's this grease fire. Uh, and, um, and she initially wants Tony to drive over from the bottom bang to put it out. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm 40 minutes away. You, you got to just call somebody. And, but uh, a big part of what's going on here is that Livia is just generally confused about like how telephones work basically. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so after, after this happens, right. The, the fire department comes, Carmela is dispatched to what uh, to take care of it. Uh, and, uh, and they, they bring in this Trinidadian woman who Livia is immediately, you know, obviously incredibly racist, but also she just like generally like hates all other human beings. So, you know, that that's, that's just extended to this woman, like right away, like instantaneously that she, that she's convinced that she's like stealing like all of her stuff. <laughs> uh, even, even though as Tony points out, like, you know, she's constantly giving all of her things away because, you know, she thinks she's going to die soon. <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's like uh it's 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 great you know and she's just like uh perennially perennially unsatisfied like tony's like trying his absolute best yep. to to do something nice for her like brings her flowers he you know and, and she's just like constantly just constant like never gives him even the slightest ounce of of gratitude or satisfaction or anything for all the nice things he's trying to do to her yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so after he, after uh, Livia, we don't see what she did exactly, but she does something to uh, to get the Trinidadian woman to quit, uh, and uh, and then so at that point he's finally ready to to send her to a home to to Green Grove, which uh, which there's a lot of <laughs> angry dialogue about how it's not a nursing home. It's a yeah, it's a retirement community. Uh, <laughs> but, there's a great uh, there's a great joke when because he's telling uh, he's telling um, uh, his therapist uh, Melfi about it and she's like oh that's a that's like a that's a nice place that place is nice that's like a hotel on Cap Dantive uh, Cap, Cap Dantive you know like and and Tony's like yeah 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 like he knows what she's talking about you know <laughs> and then like later on in the episode he's like he's like arguing with his mom he's like it's like Captain Dantive and you know like and she's like who's that <laughs> who's Captain Dantive he's like oh, some captain who like had nice oh, hotels well, I don't know what the fuck you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean that's that's one of the most common recurring gags in the Sopranos or whatever. Right. I mean, it's always funny, you know, that like Tony hears something from Melfi that he doesn't quite understand, but still repeats anyway. Um, right. And uh, and Livy, of course, responds to the thought that he would force her into a nursing home by, you know, screaming about how he might as well just grab the butcher knife from the kitchen and stick it right into her heart because that would hurt less than, uh, than him doing this. But. Uh, uh, but he does it anyway. He actually he does it anyway after uh, she um, like she runs over one of her friends in the driveway. So so yeah. Um, 
you know, so so Tony is is finally convinced that this this can't happen. There's also a little funny thing where uh, we see uh, we see Carmela offered Olivia that she could just come live with them, uh, and then we also see Tony telling Doctor Melfi that Olivia can't live with them because uh, Carmela would never allow it. Right. <laughs> straight up, straight up, just lying. But yeah, you know the crazy thing too. That they're do they're establishing very 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 early on in the season is like this is not a good person not as we conceive of quote unquote good people um I'm talking about Olivia of course like she's she's pretty much a terrible mom and she's not great at pretty much any of the other um relationships whether it be well we we're gonna see some of the grandmother stuff later but whether it be grandmother uh, mother in law. Uh, which sister-in-law, like she's just not good to the people that are around her. And of course, you know, she does the ultimate dirtbag thing <laughs> at some point in the season, which is, you know, at the time was just kind of crazy, right? Like just the radical idea that Chase wrote in there for this woman. But they're, they're a horrible person. All right, you cut off there for a second, at least for me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I'm just saying that they they established really early that she's a miserable, horrible right, right. person, and that uh, you know, you kind of get to understand why Tony is so damaged, like why he has all of these mommy issues. Like this lady is bad. Yeah, and and she and she does this thing in in this episode. Uh, where every time she refers to to her late husband, you know John, you know Johnny Boy Soprano, uh, then uh, that he always, you know, she always says, "Oh, he was a saint." But like, even at this point, I think you have a pretty good sense that this would not be how she talked about him while he was still alive. Yeah. No, yeah, obviously. I mean, Carmela comes and like saves her ass, right? She comes to the house, you know, and like while while it's like burning down. And, and like saves her and and she doesn't even like express like an inch of gratitude for it you know like not even uh oh thanks for coming you know like whatever but like nothing you know carmela's like trying to be nice to her um and she's just like n just not, not giving her anything fair enough so uh so meanwhile uh in the uh in the science teacher saturn plot uh you know uh pussy is uh is assigned this this task you know that that he has to uh uh that he has to track it down you know through uh, through his body shop uh which he obviously just resents the shit out of having to do this you know like weird little errand uh but uh they they track it down uh and this is as as um as somebody was pointing out you know before we started recording this this is an impressive uh, little representational victory you know who the uh, <laughs> uh you know who the car thieves turned out to be yeah i mean the the i mean the 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 way they 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 figure out who it is like they figure out that he that this person this thief works at a like what what is like basically a starbucks chain and they're like everywhere it's a coffee chain and they they go there to start they go to like each coffee chain, try to figure out um, where he worked, and like they which is awesome in itself because because as they're visiting these thinly disguised Starbuckses, uh, Polly right. is like working himself up into so good about yeah. <laughs> Italian <laughs> culture being stolen by Starbucks. 
<laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like almost pre-woke. It's like a cultural appropriation before that was a buzz term. Polly Walnuts was a pioneer of that. Uh, <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and at that time, man, like Starbucks is, you know, it, it's ridiculous how successful and ubiquitous it is too. But this was like pretty early on in the Starbucks yeah. sort of craze nationally. I, I don't, I, I've never been to Seattle. I'm sure it was different over there. But um, I remember my cousin, one of his first jobs was at Starbucks. It was kind of a big deal in downtown Brooklyn. I, like, and that had to be like 97 or 98, you know. So this is, this is very early on in Starbucks taking over freaking coffee all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Just Paulie Walnuts, like my culture's not a costume. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, he sees somebody dressed up on Halloween. Hey, yeah. you know how hurtful that yeah. costume is. <laughs> how demeaning and you know how is. What you're doing a couple's costume, Mario and Luigi? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> oh lord! Yeah. So when Pussy has finally figured out who the car thieves are, uh, they the uh, the cultural appropriation you know thing uh, culminates in uh, Polly just like angrily stealing like some like piece of coffee equipment uh, right, from yeah. uh, from. I think the... this is an espresso maker. Okay. Yeah. Um, like the yeah. manual one, not the obviously not it's the. Like crazy a, it's an Italian coffee maker, the little yeah. the, the one that you twist that you twist in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mike I Epps, know. by the way, one of the card thieves. Mm -hmm. Which I oh, thought was Mike Epps? hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the good. card thieves are these two, are this uh, Latin gay couple uh, who like wear <laughs> like short shorts and, you know, and, and, and like talk like, you know, like that couple would in the show that was made in the late 90s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. And they uh, and uh, after after busting in there, uh, and actually there's there's a like kind of a funny revealing moment that after after they've already like started to brutalize them, uh, that the uh, that the car thieves still uh, assume that they're cops. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that's not hard to it's not hard to believe that cops would fuck some people up. But, uh, yeah. Like that's <laughs> that, that seems like. All, uh, obvious. Everybody knows that. To the point when when they do shit like that, people, are like, what did you expect? They're cops, you know. Right. So, yeah. So uh, then, actually, so maybe somebody, because uh, I realized as I was rewatching this last night uh, that I didn't quite get like. So was the idea that um, was the idea that it already like the car had already been chopped up. So like the license plate was just on some other different random car at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Cause it seemed like, yeah, that it seemed like that was the car. Um, and you know, it was already cooked. And so right. <laughs> that, that shit at the end of the episode, which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be paint. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So that what they did was they they he for, pussy forces them because they're car thieves. Steal another one. To yeah. Steal a different Saturn of the same make, but they couldn't find one in the same color, so they just stole some other Saturn and then painted it at Pussy's Body Shop. Uh, and like, yeah, it's just like it's the payoff. It's right, like it's like 
you know, the science teacher got his car back, but someone else got their fucking car stolen. You know, right, like right. <laughs> it's like they just passed on the they just passed on the pain to some to some other random schlub with a with a Saturn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, like it's, the, a, uh, it's a pretty hilarious payoff. Yeah. It's a mafia version of one of those like, oh, Henry stories with the, you know, one person gets the other yeah. one airbrush, but mm-hmm. they've sold their hair and all that. But yeah. Uh, so, uh, so meanwhile, yeah, Christopher and, uh, and Brendan Falone, uh, after are like, so I, I guess like this is just there. So you get a sense of like how low in the totem pole they are, even though Christopher does have the golden track to, you know, the top of the organization eventually, you know, cause of his family connection, but, uh, how low in the totem pole they are right now. Uh, and you, you see them like waiting outside of a club and, and not being let in and not being let in. Uh, and then you see there's a cameo by uh, Martin Scorsese, right? That's uh, and so, yeah. Yeah. Christopher has that great line. He's like, Marty, Kundun, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the best lines in the show. Kundun. And by the way, you know? uh, very accurate. New York City velvet rope culture, like 100%. A bunch of people, there's no like, whenever you show up to one of these type of clubs, the line is imaginary, like it's there, but it doesn't matter. Like, you're either getting right. in or you're not, right? Like, right. Uh, you know, and a lot of times you can wait, 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 and be like, and the dude will be like, All right, you don't know anybody here. You got to do a $75 bar tab minimum, or you got to do this, or you got to do that yeah. if you're waiting, right? But if you know somebody, if you're supposed to be there, you're getting right in just like Marty Scorsese. And like the part where, you know, he basically looks through Christopher and Brendan and says, ladies, and then he brushes them off like, yo, get out the way. Like very yeah. accurate portrayal of doorman. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Kenny Portugal told me to say hi. And then he's like, the he's like, oh, like Kenny, yeah. word, okay. Kenny, yeah. yeah. And then cool. it just continues yeah. to not let them in. Yeah. 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 So eventually they do get into the club and, uh, and while they're, they're up there, uh, they are, uh, you know, they're, I guess, I guess I thought snorting anyway, whatever they're snorting something. And then, uh, and then, uh, and they're, they're both getting like riled up about the junior situation, uh, because, uh, they, they had to make this extravagant, uh, tribute, uh, to make you make it up for them. And of course, uh, being complete idiots, you know, what they get out of this is that, you know, is that as, as retaliation, even though they got into so much trouble for this the first time, uh, that they, they need to just do exactly the same thing again. Yeah. And this time it's not DVD players, it's Italian suits, <laughs> yes. you know, and those move quickly, you know? Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> like, how, how, how can it be easy to move? like 200 yeah, Italian yeah. suits and, and make money off. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it makes more sense to DVD players. Uh, but, like, Italian suits, like, who are you going to sell stolen Italian suits to? Yeah. But it, it definitely does establish um, Christopher's, he's, like, the drug abuse and just the lack of impulse control that he has. But it, um, it's the... It's the conflict in a lot of Sopranos in that like the, the, the young guys need to prove themselves um, and the old guys just want them to kind of like, um, you know, keep their head down and, and kind of stay in line. But like Tony became Tony by by doing that, by basically just like, I mean, I think it was like Fitch Lamana, right? That he like robbed this poker game or something. Um, and like that's what made him 
of like who he is today. You know, like he he kind of skipped the line by doing the exact same thing that he's telling Chris not to do. You know, it's like the kind of thing that like I don't know. It's like you're you it, you could find yourself in a situation where if you don't do anything like that, you'll be you'll be stuck kind of just doing bullshit jobs forever. Yeah. So they so they convince themselves uh, that this is what they have to do. By the way, I should say that like one thing that I, I guess like really dates this is that the DVD players are like a big enough deal that that was, that was part of the, like them getting mad at Tony. It's like, well, I noticed you're not returning your DVD player. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which like today costs like 30 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like in 1999 must've cost like $800. Yeah. Right. So, um, but then, uh, Christopher, uh, like, not being quite as stupid as Brendan or, or he's got like a little bit of a, of a, of a sense of, um, you know, the rules or loyalty or whatever. So he, have, he ends up deciding not to do it. Right. You know, he's, he's, he's sitting there, you know, the next night or whenever they're supposed to actually do this other, uh, uh, hijacking, uh, he's, you know, he's sober, he's had some time to think about it and, uh, and he's not going to do it. So, uh, so Brendan, uh, goes out and, uh, and does it without him and, uh, finds a couple of gangbangers. <laughs> My man Bodie. <laughs> so you would never hear anything that today. Yeah. yeah. They're just like comically like gangster looking black guys to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean like it's, yeah, they, yeah. Right. The, the gay Puerto Rican guys are going to be exactly who gay Puerto Rican guys would be in like right. a 90s TV show. And the gangbangers he gets to help him hijack the truck are exactly who those guys would be, you know, in a in yeah, a TV and, show from this era. You know, it's conscious decision to definitely make the the JV squad some black dudes for sure. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holding <laughs> the gun sideways, holding the gun sideways, like in the music videos and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the audition they were like hi my name is marcus james stevenson and uh i'll be reading for the part of uh thug number one <laughs> break yourself fool <laughs> yeah exactly hey man you never know Bodie, um from the wire he might have got thrown into the hbo ecosystem from this little role and you know oh, that, that was, was him, right? I yeah, thought that you were was joking. Yeah. I didn't realize. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. That was him. Like, that was him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I that wasn't like 100 percent sure, and I didn't want to like bring it up, but no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, it was good. him. Yeah. <laughs> Lest I be accused of something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he's I thought it was the night of, I guess, and and he's been in a lot yeah, of other HBO stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. um So then, like one of their guns, like just goes off accidentally. Uh, like like the uh, the driver is like the driver is very like chill about it like you know like what like you get the sense that he's been hijacked yeah. before and like he doesn't well he's in cool. on it what's that he's kind of in on it yeah the guy he mentions that he know, like he's friends with the guy who brendan has on the inside who's giving him all the tips he's like oh yeah, yeah no i know i know all about this i know mike like just just let's just, okay let me just get my lunch let's do this you know yeah, um, yeah. But then one of the guns goes off and it, it accidentally kills him. And of course, Brendan's freaking out about this. Um, and, uh, and because like nobody can stand Brendan, um, certainly Tony can't, uh, then like when, um, you know, Christopher uh, manages to, uh, to get a hold of, uh, of Tony uh, and, uh, and they, you know, they bring in, let's say Tony is there, Polly or, Silvio. Silvio, yeah, um, and you know there are, there are a few of them there, 
and they're just completely unsympathetic. You're like, what about the driver? He's dead. He's like, I don't know. You know, it's yeah. like some cold water on his face. See, you know, see if anything happens. Yeah, pray to Saint Anthony. He might, he might come back to life. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. not whatsoever. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, like Silvio is like eyeing the suits. He's like, I, yeah. we, we have to give all of them back. It's pretty nice. He does his Al Pacino impression again. <laughs> <laughs> Which again is just saying the line. Doing like just this. saying the line in <laughs> Sylvia's voice. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they, um, so yeah, this hasn't quite come to quite come to a head yet. I think if I'm remembering right, like I think maybe even like next episode, like I think very quickly the Brendan flown, you know, plot line, mm-hmm. Uh, come comes to a head, but you know, but it doesn't quite in this episode. Instead, um, there is well, I, I guess we should say right. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff going going on. There are a lot of uh, Melfi's office scenes in uh, in this episode because Tony is is struggling with the situation with uh, with Livia, and so he spends all this time telling Doctor Melfi. Uh, like about all of the horrible shit that uh, that Livia constantly does and says. There's there's a very funny scene in there where uh, where Melfi is like just challenges him like, okay, so like give me one good memory from your child. This you know? <laughs> one, yeah, like, like a single tender the, moment. Yeah, his dad like, fell down the stairs and they laughed at him. That was the tender moment that they that he shared with his mom. His dad almost paralyzing himself. <laughs> Everybody just standing there and laughing. then laughing at it. <laughs> so he's given Melfi all the evidence of the world about how like toxic and awful uh, Livia is. Uh, but then, uh, and then, but then, like when um, you know when Melfi reflects some of that bad back at him, is like, yeah, now Livia seems like a really messed up person. And then, right. and then he gets furious at her for you know speaking ill of his mother. You know what's right. so interesting, or, or suggesting too, that he wouldn't love his mother. What's interesting yeah. too is is that um, a lot of times you'll see like teenagers, especially on TV, just talking shit about their parents, right? Like, oh, my mom's such a bitch, and oh, and this yeah. and that, and blah blah blah. Whereas it's like parents just you know trying to help you like survive and live and the teenagers a rebel or whatever tony's doing the opposite thing here he's just coming up with every single excuse as to why his mom is you know a decent human being and, and was a decent mom to him um which i just think is 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 interesting i i, I don't know that i've ever seen kids who were basically like actually abused by their parents stick up for them you know what i'm saying like it's it's interesting what he's doing there that might be an italian or a catholic thing that that hierarchy you know you respect your parents yeah right in the church yeah the priest who molested you you respect him (laughs) right Yeah. yeah it's like it's just because that's what's that's what's done you know that that's what's expected we love love authority you know yeah and it's it's your mom. What are you talking about? Like, of course you love her. Like, there's just no questioning that. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. I uh, should also say, uh, since since we skipped this, that uh, that Tony has another small panic attack. Yep. 
uh, because he's collecting uh, Livia's things to to bring over to Green Grove, and and he sees some like old photos, and and he starts to have a panic attack, although he doesn't actually pass out. And then uh, then when he starts talking about this with with Doctor Melfi, that's when she suggests to him that he he you know he resents his mother, and and he takes that as her saying that he doesn't love his mother. Um, and, and then he, he, you know, he blows up at her and, and says, I think for the first of 500 times, you know, that he's, he's never going back there. You know? <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, and then, uh, and then at the, uh, at the end, uh, <laughs> oh, actually I, I should say before getting to the payoff at the very end, uh, there's also been this running thread throughout the episode about the, uh, the bartender, uh, at the Bing. Oh my God, it's so good! It's so good. It's. it's I don't know. If I it's am that bartender, by the way. Well, Tony hates Tony. Like, is particularly cruel to uh, like to dumb fat guys that kind of look like him. You <laughs> right. <know? laughs> and, like he's particularly like cruel to him, to the bartender at at, at the Bada Bing, and to uh, um, uh, Bobby Bacala. You know, like he like, like picks on them. Almost, right. it's almost like he resents them for being. A fat guy like him, but not being smart like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so a big a big part, like mostly what he's pissed off at the uh, at the bartender for in this episode is like not being able to operate a telephone. It's like you know, it's like my mother can't master this anyway, but she's seventy years old. What's your excuse? Uh, right. You know, be, which, and like although it's mostly just stuff like the bartender like gets confused about how to put him on hold and you know put the call on hold and transfer it to another line and like all of that like yeah. um you know all of that stuff that you know that you you do with uh i vaguely remember people doing with landline phones uh yeah. and also um related to this earlier in the episode um after the sit down when tony has that like tit for tat with junior's driver um they established that relationship and they established like tony like when he wants to be a real son of a bitch or dick or asshole like he is extremely good at it <laughs> like, yeah. he is so good at it and um you know you see he's good at picking on people yeah he's incredible yeah. at it and you yeah. see the, the the dynamics between him and junior's driver where like junior's driver is junior's fake nephew you know and like tony's like his actual nephew so it's like that weird sibling rivalry type of situation it's it's hilarious yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he he goes yeah he goes out of his way to stop by the car where where junior's driver is, is waiting to you know to like repeatedly <laughs> fuck with him and he's doing that thing that like mafia guys do yeah he's doing yeah He's doing that thing that mafia guys do where it's like, or at least they do it in the movies, uh, where like they like insult you and they go like, come on, come on, we're just, you know, we're just breaking, we're just friends here, you can take it, come on. Like, oh, and then he like does it again. He's like, no, 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 come on, you, you're a big, you know, like you might, you know, you could, you could do it, you know, like we're just breaking balls, like, no big deal. And then he like does it again and ups the ante a little bit each time, you know, like, and the guy's like, yeah, okay, okay. You know, like it's like eventually he's just gonna like go get his fucking shine box, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It seems to be a recurring theme that he's, he's petty and he picks on people and he's a bully. Yeah. And I think but it's funny how there's so many people who I think watch the show and don't pick up on that. Cause by the time yeah. you get to the later seasons, like season six, they're really trying to hammer it home that they're like, he's not a good, he's not a good guy. He's not a hero, you know? 
Because right. I think they're getting too many fan letters of people who be like, I love Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I model my life after him. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, this like extremely disturbed, like, you know, not in great shape, uh, you know, person who uh, yeah. who shakes people down and kills them for a living and like isn't even happy about it. Like, you know, that's, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, that's who you want to be, like, if at all possible, you know. Yeah, and he has the, he has the power. He has the power of having people behind him. So he's able to fuck with people. Right. You know, yeah. he's like a true bully, I guess. Yeah, right. No, for sure. I mean, like, it's it's that thing, that, that line. I mean, all, like, all gangster movies do this to one extent or another. Like, they have, like, like they, they let you, like, you know, they make you think about, like, how cool and fun it would be to be able to just force people to do things, you know, cause, like, because they're afraid of you all the time, you know, like the at the beginning of Goodfellas, you know, that the, the, the kids yeah. in the neighborhood, you know, uh, walked my mom's, you know, groceries home and they didn't park their cars in there and, you know, all that stuff uh, at the same time is like reminding you that of, of how like incredibly sadistic and disturbing the whole thing is. And yeah, yeah like that's pretty much like the, that's like, that's pretty much the move. If you're going to make fiction about this is to like play with that line. And so of course you're going to get people who watch it, who will like really pick up on the first part. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no, that does look cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's, let's yeah. do it. Do you guys think you could ever, cause I don't know if this has been done in a mob movie, but do you think you could ever write a movie where you essentially kind of like say something about labor where it's about the relationship between the boss and the guys who like go out and do the dirty, like some of the dirty work. Cause I think that was kind of, the relationship between Gotti and Castellano because Gotti had the respect yeah. of the guys who actually who were like more street guys. Right. Yeah. Like that, that at the end of the day, like the bosses, like that's what I've always wondered is like, you know, how they get away with the fact that like, you know, in order to protect themselves from the law, yeah, like the big capos have to basically outsource literally everything. You know, so at a certain point, it's like the emperor has no clothes. Like, what are they doing? What do they do? You know, like, yeah. How do they have any power? You know, like as long as it's the the only power they have is because people continue to 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 just like keep up the fiction. There's um, like a structure. Like actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like other than that, they have no actual thing. Like they don't do anything. They're just kind of they have to they have to completely be. You know, they can't even give orders directly because that'll yeah. that'll implicate them. Uh, so yeah, it's just like they're just. They just have power because they have it. It becomes like a tautology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. And then I guess you know, it, it also turns on people buying into it too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, although that's kind I mean, of in the Sopranos, they show that Tony does get his hands dirty and Tony is like a big and powerful dude and can like overpower people physically a lot. And he's like intimidating in that sense. Mm-hmm. And he like actually goes out and kills people. And sometimes he just like beats the shit out of people or whatever. Like, like in this one, he, <laughs> when he gets mad at Brendan Forlone, he like throws him out of a room and he goes flying uh, yeah. like, across the room. Like, I can't pick someone up and throw them no matter how small, like they wouldn't fly that far, you know, right. like they established that he is like a physical uh, imposing dude. And that's like, that is a source of his power. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, these old guys uh, who are just like, just, they just like hang around and sip their espresso all day and just kind of get coated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't see why. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, although that is kind of how all power structures work. Like that, that, you know, I mean, it, it only works because the people below you, you know, below somebody, um, you know, like, like are, are going along with it. I mean, like that's, that's the, you know, like, I mean, ultimately, you know, like any, like any like political or, 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 you know, business or anything. Yeah. Let's actually, 
you know, this this could be a whole thing. Like, all right, I think everybody know know who who watches this knows about socialism and stuff. So you know, don't have to like develop the thought too much. But like, you know, you could you could just decide to stop going along with any power structure. Right. Right. So, yeah. uh, so the at the uh, at the end of the episode, we already we already kind of alluded to it. The uh, the we get the the payoff from the first uh, post credit scene. Uh, which is uh, the return of the uh, the science teacher's car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I wonder if it's my like, notes and and lesson plan. Yeah, my papers. It's there. a different key. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. AJ's like, yeah, AJ's my dad like, got it back. He's a hero. He told my he told my he told my uncle Pussy to go find it. And the guy's like, Uncle Pussy. <laughs> 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 yeah oh that's yeah, weird. my dad's a hero <laughs> you know the inside of the trunk is a different color and, yeah, and, yeah, and oh, the paint is coming off on yeah. my fingers yeah but i guess everybody yeah. um you know everybody's standing there like knows who aj's dad is so like nobody's gonna quite say what they're all thinking you know it's just like oh that's funny okay, okay well listen great cool does that that's another question i always have because i feel that's that, and that's like a question that I would probably have for like the New York people because it, it, you know, th is it like because it used to be the case, right? That he, people would more or less know who the who the mob bosses were around, but like if if the current head of whatever the fuck mob like walked into a store, like would you recognize him? Like, do we know who they these people are? Or like because they, they used to be kind of like media figures, um, yeah, John, but Gatti. like no longer. John Gotti was definitely the last of that kind, right? Um, yeah. Um, and 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 the rest of and the and the guys that came after him, there was one last guy who was like a who was like the boss of bosses who was making millions of dollars. I forget his fucking name right now. Um, and he ended actually ended up snitching too, which is um crazy. But um, they learned like, yo, you don't want to be on TV. You don't want people knowing your name. Yeah. Yeah. You want to move in silence, you know. Uh, he was the last of that kind, like that sort of celebrity Don or whatever. And he loved yeah. it because he was an attention whore. But that, right. I think people in your neighborhood certainly know. You know what I'm saying? Like if you walk into a local restaurant or the deli or whatever, 100%, those people are going to know who the hell you are. You know, but if you if you live if you're um you know a mafia boss and you live in say Staten Island and you walk into some random spot in Rigo Park in Queens, nobody's gonna know who the fuck you are. Yeah, yeah. But then it be kind of it it kind of becomes like then what's the point of being the boss if you can't enjoy the spotlight right. and you can't like have a whole truck full of turkeys that you hand out to people on Thanksgiving and you know right kids fireworks and stuff. It's like then what what do you do? You just sit in a dark room and collect money. That's and it. You, and you pretend that you have dementia. Yeah. Did, did yeah. Did any of you guys actually watch the uh, John Gotti movie? Yeah. The, the, the one directed by E from Entourage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny uh, you no, can feel the Gotti it. family like in his ear the whole time within the movie. You can feel yeah. them being like say, say, say he was a great guy and he was beloved by the community. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen it. Is it good? Is it worth watching? Like, is it so bad it's good, or is it just kind of? You boring? should watch the first five minutes of it if you don't want to keep watching. You should stop watching <laughs> it. But it's really funny because it starts off with John Gotti like standing in front of the Brooklyn Bridge. It's, it's Travolta, and he like turns around. And he right. goes, "New York City." <laughs> 
and then he's like, <laughs> he's like, greatest, say like the big apple, baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then th- there's even a point where Stacy Keach plays, uh, uh, I forget Neil, Neil Delacroach, who was like, God, he's uh, like mentor. And he was like, you need to take control of the five boroughs. And then he names the five boroughs. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a typical New York guy thing to do. Is like the five boroughs are Brooklyn, uh, Queens, Bronx, Staten Island, and Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, when I, when I was a kid growing up in Miami, there was a there was a mob bust like three houses down from mine. Yeah, just like I knew this guy, this kid uh, growing up, and like and then like one day, like all over the newspaper, his dad got busted and he was he was cuban mafia um but like they weren't it wasn't like everybody knew and it was just uh um you know kind of like in the soprano like oh look there's tony soprano he's he's the head of the new jersey mob or whatever like it was it wasn't like that it was just no one knew and then all of a sudden they're you know they're busted. yeah so i mean i guess i'm thinking about like last year i want to say uh maybe even earlier this year there was this there was a mob boss in staten island uh, oh who, wow! Who was killed by a uh, like like some like QAnon guy? Like QAnon? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, that was a great story. Yeah, he was the boss uh, of the Gambino family. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> like a pizza game psycho. About it. Yeah, he yeah. got shot in front of his home. Yeah, yeah, so that guy was like clearly somebody who only knew that this person was and, a mob boss because they'd read about it in the newspaper, right? I mean, right. You know. And everybody was like, "Oh my god, the mafia is back!" And it was just some QAnon psycho who like <laughs> couldn't right. date the guy's daughter, <laughs> couldn't d- right. date the guy's niece. He wanted to date the guy's niece, and he couldn't. Oh, okay, I, I didn't realize there's a personal dimension. I just thought it was like he thought that like the the mob was like helping the lizard people with PizzaGate or something. Um, yeah. Okay. So the QAnon thing was just. Co- a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that that actually, yeah. in in a way, that makes it not quite as ridiculous because I remember when I heard that, thinking just like, "Oh my god!" Like, imagine somebody who does everything you need to know do to like rise through the ranks and get to be the head of the Gambino family, and like right. you're doing this now, so you have to be like absurdly good at like evading like surveillance and you know right. worried about all the Rico stuff, and then like you finally got to the top of the pyramid and you're just killed by like some psycho who read something on the internet, you know, that, that makes thinks you're a pedophile. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like thinks but, you're like in bed with like Tony Podesta. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, final thoughts about the episode. I thought it was very, very different from the pilot, and because yeah. uh, in the pilot, I mean, it, like, it's, like I think in the pilot, Tony's clearly the boss, but also it seems like there's a little more effort for them to be like, you know to make them a little more unlikable and unsavory. And I think that was kind of the point that they were trying to drive home. I feel like maybe in the pilot, they, they tried to make them a little more like redeeming. Um, yeah. But now they're trying to be like, you know, these are, these are people you're not supposed to like. Yeah. Um, which yeah, seems I mean, kind of a common I, thing throughout the show. Again, I'm, I'm every time I rewatch Sopranos, um, I'm struck by just how, how funny the funny. writing is like just how funny it is man like there is no there's no show on today on tv today that is as funny as the sopranos like this just no i don't know like this just it it's not as, it's just it's laugh just after laugh after laugh yeah the joke 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 and it's all like even like the the whole premise of this episode is like a is like a big joke right the, mm-hmm. the whole saturn subplot is like a big um is like a big joke with a payoff well, but nothing's like, uh, funny anymore nothing I, is funny that's that's true that's that's the real 
Yeah, like you, you guys ever like browse Netflix and you're you're like I'm not excited to watch any of this. It all seems no, like yeah, very, like, everything is bad and nothing is funny. Especially like comedies, yeah. like especially like kind of I, I like I require a lot. It requires like you know like any I need like five of like my best friends who I really trust. To be like no no no, this is really like Big Mouth. Like there's no way that show's good. I, I don't know. Like there's no way I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> at, like, joke on Could you imagine being in that writer's room? By the way, Just, <laughs> in Big Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I just feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you, yeah, just being like very, very um, worried about what kind of jokes you throw out there <laughs> about like hormonal teens. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I just yeah. really str- like I, I really struggle with modern day comedy. Yeah. So I mean, plus, like, you know, plus it's like innately annoying if you're looking through Netflix, like while trying to find things to watch because they're starting to do the thing where they like non consensually start the video. Like, you know, yeah. the, the preview as you're just trying to browse, you know, so, so you're actively yeah. annoyed the entire time, you know, that you're, that you're trying to find something. Um, yeah. 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 It's just like a lot of shows they're making today. It's like they, they check, they check the boxes and they're like doing an imitation of something that's supposed to be, but there's no, like, uh, there's no heart to a lot of the stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I did watch, I did quite like the great on Hulu about like about the Russians in, in this, in the 1600s. Like I thought that felt like a little bit fresh to me, uh, okay. from a comedy standpoint, but, uh, um, like all the other, like, I don't know what other show is like people think is funny now. I, I, there's no way I, there's no way I'm going to like enjoy it and find it funny. Yeah. Um, I think any Netflix show. Well, most Netflix stuff is bad and it all kind of looks the same. I mean, that movie that, you know, yeah. you look at the reviews it like it got great reviews, but the, the, the Christmas movie, um, the sort of nah. lesbian Christmas movie, nah, it was so watch, bad. You can't, you can't watch a Netflix rom-com. Dude, I watched it like with my girlfriend That's thinking it was going to be like a funny, no, kind no, of no, lighthearted no, no, Christmas no, no, thing no. that you feel good. And it was just like, no, it was so no. aggressively bad. No, um, no, 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 no. What was no, bad no. about it? I mean, like every, I mean, like it wasn't funny at all. Um, like, and, um, and it didn't, for, and it didn't even have like that kind of heart that you would want in like a, right. one of these so movies. So it wasn't sentimental um, and it wasn't, there was not, there's none of that shit. Um, you know, like, I don't know. It just sucked. Like it just really, really sucked. And like the, <laughs> yeah. a lot like, of entertainment it just feels very focus grouped and like kind of manufactured. No, yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Like, first of all, like this is like a lesbian Christmas movie, and like the lesbian, like, her, like the the comedic, the comic relief. A lot of it comes from um, uh, Aubrey Plaza. Is it Aubrey Plaza? I don't even remember who the fuck. But uh, is it um, or <laughs> Kristen Stewart's in it? I know that. I seen that she did. Yeah, it. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Her her best friend is like a gay guy, and like I'm pretty sure that that's like a thing that like doesn't really happen that often. But uh, lesbians you know, and gays being friends. Yeah. Lesbians yeah. having friends. <laughs> but like it just felt like really that that's like it felt like really like you said really focus grouped you know like where um you know like they have to like include like all this stuff uh to check boxes and and yeah it just it all felt very it all felt very cobbled together um and it and and not like a coherent whole to me i don't know it just it sucked it sucked so much i thought and like but you look at the reviews it's like this is a great fun thing and i'm like doesn't even work on that level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Was any final thoughts? Yeah, just the comedy um, aspect. Like just watching it. I again. I, I, this is only my third time around watching the show, and of course, I remember the show being funny. But it's really wacky, screwball. Like it's Wait, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's 
funny. Like this, like when you watch that episode, you don't like the drama. There's dramatic stuff happening, but the show is leaning into the comedy of it all, which yeah. you know that's what struck me watching this episode too. Is just how much they leaned into comedy. Not that it's funny at all. Of course, I remember it being funny, and a lot of these shows were hilarious. Like Breaking Bad was hilarious. Mad Men was hilarious. Uh, the Wire was hilarious. Um, a lot of these shows did mix in a good amount of comedy, but did like Sopranos, it feels like I'm watching like straight up. No, when they got together, like, how do we make this episode as hilarious as possible? Not as dramatic, dramatic tension yeah. or any of that stuff. They were trying to be funny. Yeah, for sure. Mike? Um, yeah, I guess, like I said, just... Uh the show being different from the pilot, I guess like it's, I don't know. It's just cool to see characters who, who have, who have characteristics. I mean, I keep thinking about the way that entertainment is produced now. And I keep thinking like, there's such a disparity between what, what I would like and what I want to make and what gets made. You can just kind of imagine, you know, you can just sort of picture like, like you get an idea for something and you can just imagine the pitch meeting and with, you know, and people being like, all right, but what about, what about this? Well, this might make this might make the person unlikable, and you would just be like, "Well, that's that's the point. That's kind of the point. Yeah. People are unlikable. People are likable and unlikable." Um, so, I I just to me the authenticity. It seems like to find characters that are authentic. Like I've been watching. Um, I never saw King of the Hills. So I've been working my way oh, yeah. through that that show, and I I'm enjoying that show a lot. But there's nothing from this era that I really like that I'm dying to watch that I'm excited to watch, even though there's so much of it, there's so much content. Um, so yeah, to see authentic characters that are unlikable. I Well, that's the thing is like, it's in, in this kind of thing, it's not about likability versus it's, it's relatability. It's like, do you, do you, do you um, find some reason to hitch your wagon to this guy's journey. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have to find him likable. Like, I mean, that's just, that's what, that's what I think a lot of people these days don't understand. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it, there's a difference there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, but, it, but like, I don't know, like there's, there seems to be some sort of dumbing down of the culture or something yeah. that, yeah, yeah. that, that, that treats us like children that we will not be able to, like, they have to signpost everything these days where like, yes. You know, um, but you're just kind of instead of just era. good. Yeah, no, no, you're in yeah. This era of like moral. There's you're in this era of like moral posturing. There was a comic um, back in the summer who was like, and so in the summer, like there were no nobody was doing stand up. Everybody was miserable. Everybody was trying to like figure out, you know, kind of what was going on. People were bored, and there was a guy who was like digging up a lot of old tweets. He was digging up other people's old tweets and like commenting on them and complaining, and then somebody found his old tweets and they were <laughs> more offensive from like <laughs> six, seven yeah. years ago. And they yeah, were just yeah, way yeah. more offensive than anything that he was commenting on. Um, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, we're all, you know, we're all like this. Nobody is. Um, I get I the know. sense that I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like completely sold on this, but I get the sense that the fever is kind of breaking. I mean, like they tried to, they tried to cancel Kyle Kalinske by finding all his old problematic tweets mm -hmm. and they're genuinely kind of, it's hilarious. Funny. It's like funny yeah. to see yeah, them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, like, it's funny yeah. to see them, but it's not sticking out. to him. You know, yeah. like it's not yeah. sticking, you know, it's not, it's like, you know, two years ago, three years ago, you know, like he would have been toast. 
mm-hmm. but uh, but it's just not sticking anymore. I think people I think people are tired of it, and it doesn't have the same the same juice uh, uh, as it used to. But there's uh, just but they're very, still trying. Yeah, there's something very corporate about it too, where it's like we're gonna totally. dig up stuff, and we're gonna it's this culture of like you know fucking people over and, and stepping over people to get ahead and get promoted and also like having to toe the company line. You can't say oh, yeah, totally. like, like, a, like a lot of this stuff. I think it's, it's like the way that people in like the professional managerial class are trained to like kind of step over each other to, to like climb up these like corporate or, you know, educational or whatever, like all these different ladders, you know, sure. that are, that they're trying to climb all the time. And like, you even, you know, get people in like lefty political spaces who are doing it, even though they're like Absolutely. officially committed to being like total opponents of, you know, of the sort of reigning yeah. meritocracy or whatever, because like whatever they, yeah. they were formed by that and they're going to act like that. But most, it's, most it's people hard. don't identify with that or don't, don't relate to it. No. And, and it's hard to off. talk about this kind of stuff without sounding like uh like if you go to the comedy store in LA um, at any given night, like two of the three, comedians will be like complaining about this and they're usually like they, they usually sound like just like right wing uh yeah. people who are like and it's hard not to it's hard like th- it's hard to talk about this without sounding like some like right wing person um but uh um but they're like I, it sucks that, they, that, they, they, that they we've ceded that to them in a way like how mm-hmm. do you how do we talk about it in a way that is not like does not make us like sound like you know sebastian yeah. maniscalco or something you know um, you gotta tell people to stop being bitches. That's all. Right. <laughs> so why did you attack the only successful Italian comic in the last twenty years? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Is he no, the I only? Is he the like, only one? Not, no, I don't think so. But recently, I think. Right. But I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. They'll be like, you know, everything's just so PC nowadays. Yeah. Anyway, how- and have a vagina, right, folks? Thank you. <laughs> right. <It's> right. <laughs> they're, they're just like dumb. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I mean, like, and it's, and, and I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, Mike, when you're on the show, this is what we're, one of the things we we're talking about that, like, it's like the, like the sort of 2020 kind of manifestation of the culture wars is terrible for comedy in both directions because, like, the, in like both like the woke and anti woke versions, it leads to lots of stuff that's not actually really even exactly trying to be funny it's just sort of like declaiming mm-hmm. things that the audience is going to agree with you know so they can like right. do that yeah, yeah. That, that clapter you it's, know which like like yeah, yeah. You tell them, that's right yeah 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 yeah. yeah uh well um meanwhile uh episode uh episode three which uh, we are going to be back on in uh, in january uh to in talk 2021 about. baby <laughs> 21 already uh, is is called uh uh denial anger acceptance uh it's the uh it's the one uh with uh, uh with the the hasidim in it so uh if if people mm. remember that so uh good stuff to look forward to or you from uh, goodfellas yeah yeah that's right yep um, and, uh, really appreciate you guys always is a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think I am going to continue to enjoy this for the 125 years. It's going to take us to, uh, to get through, uh, the, uh, the entirety of the Sopranos and I'll see everybody next month.